Presentation Skills for Design Students, Episode 25. Hello and welcome to Presentation Skills for Design Students, the podcast helping design students everywhere become confident, creative communicators. My name's Christina Cantors, and I'm here to help you speak with confidence, create compelling presentations, and communicate your ideas like a ninja. So get ready to take your next presentation to a whole new level. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you're having a fantastic week and practicing initiating conversations with new people. Now, these are face-to-face conversations, of course. A tweet does not count. For those of you who are new to the podcast, I like to set my listeners a little challenge every week to just practice their communication skills in day-to-day life. So stay tuned to the end to hear this week's challenge. Anyway, I am super excited for this episode, not not just because it's episode 25, which is quarter century, woo-hoo, but it's also because I have a very special guest on the show with me. It's the blogging, podcasting and beatboxing extraordinaire, Pat Flynn. Now you can find information and links mentioned in this episode at designdrawspeak.com slash 025. Now, before we dive into the interview, let's hear this week's story from studio, which is from Abraham, who studies at the Illinois School of Architecture. Hi, my name is Abraham Melendez, and I am a graduate student of architecture at the Illinois School of Architecture. My story from studio comes from when I was a third-year undergraduate student at Southern Illinois University. We had a change of venue for our midterm reviews, which presented us with a new kind of problem. There was no sun shading on the exterior windows. Now, I remember my presentation for that project, and I had a white background, but the sunlight filtering in through the windows, causing the glare, completely whitewashed the entire screen. And it was embarrassing to give a project presentation this way, because it was something I could have anticipated. It was something that I could have changed. I could have changed the background of my screen to a different color, and that way the glare wouldn't be as great. And the feedback that I would have gotten from my reviewers would have been better if had they only been able to see my project, rather than struggle and squint to try to understand what they're looking at. There are several things I want everyone to take away from my experience, which is know the space you're presenting in, know the medium you're using, know the project you're, you're presenting, and always have a backup plan. Thanks so much, Abraham, for that story. That's a really, really great lesson, being always, always check out the presentation space beforehand if you can. You never know what's going to happen. Now, Abraham's actually starting up a resource for architecture students, helping them through university and helping helping them with all the challenges that come with that at studiounchained.com. So if you're an architecture student, definitely go check that out and you can join his Facebook group as well. So that's studiounchained.com. Now, if you want to record your story from studio, just like Abraham, go to designdrawspeak.com slash story. I love hearing all your stories and experiences and being able to share them with the listeners because there is something that we can all learn from each other's experiences. 
Okay, now let's get to the interview. Now, if you're in the online business, blogging or podcast world, you've probably heard of Pat Flynn. But if you haven't, Pat is a super cool dude. He shows people how to make an income passively online over at smartpassiveincome.com. Now, becoming a very successful online business person has meant that he quickly had to learn all about public speaking and how to deliver a really great and engaging presentation. So I was very interested to hear all about how he learned to become a great speaker and how he overcame the fears and struggles that he dealt with along the way. Now, another interesting fact about Pat is he studied architecture at university and he worked in the industry for several years before moving into online business. So I was also keen to learn about what Pat was like when giving design presentations at university and what advice he would give to his student self. Oh, and if you've never heard Pat beatbox, stay tuned until the end. We have a very special treat for you. So without further ado, let's dive into the interview with the super fun and awesome Pat Flynn. Pat Flynn, it is such a pleasure having you on the show today. Thank you so much for joining me. (laughs) Thank you so much, Christina, for having me. I'm really, really excited to be here. Now, you've got quite a following in the blogging and online business world, and I just checked out your Facebook page, and I see you've got almost 70,000 Facebook fans, which is, it's very impressive. But for the listeners who may not be familiar with you and your work, can you just tell us a bit about yourself and what you do? Yeah, absolutely, Christina. And first of all, I just want to thank you for asking me to be on the show in the way that you did. I don't know if people who are going to listen to this know exactly what you did, um, but for everyone listening, Christina sent me this amazing like rap video asking me to come on the show. And it just it was so awesome. Like I watched it like four times and everybody's been talking about it. Uh, just so just, you're amazing. So thank you for that. I, again, I just wanted to do that publicly. Oh, thanks, Pat. You know, I actually feel like there's a bit of pressure writing on this interview because everyone knows about <laughs> it. <laughs> so, like, we got to step it up a notch, Pat. <laughs> we, we do. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll figure something out. But anyway, yeah, to, to answer your question, um, you know, first and foremost, I'm a, I'm a father and a husband here in San Diego, California. And I'm, I'm very blessed because the work that I do allows me to spend most of my time during the day with them. And that's I'm exactly where I want to be in life. And I'm so thankful because it, it's all a result of doing business online and, um, you know, doing it in a way that allows me to serve my audience and provide products and, um, you know, gain customers while doing doing that sort of on an automated in an automated fashion in a way where my time isn't required to trade for an income. Um, now that's not to say I'm just sitting on my butt all day. I am, I am working and I, you know, I'm with the kids all day, of course, and that is a job in, in and of itself. Um, but you know, the way it started was I, uh, graduated in from, from, uh, UC Berkeley with a degree in architecture. And I thought that's what I was going to do for the rest of my life. But I got laid off actually in 2008, which was very unfortunate because I was climbing the corporate ladder really fast. I was the youngest person to be promoted to job captain in the firm that has over 200 people. And I was so set to do that the rest of my life to get let go was just a big blow to me. And I didn't really have a 
plan B. I didn't know what else to do. I actually moved back in with my parents. Um, I had just proposed to my wife before I got noticed that I was going to get let go. And then we both actually start, uh, lived with our parents so we could save money for the wedding. But I was really fortunate to stumble upon a podcast called Internet Business Mastery. And, you know, my whole take on Internet business beforehand was it was a very scammy industry. I didn't even want to be involved with it because it was just people trying to, you know, take my credit card for false promises. But here were these guys, Jeremy and Jason from Internet Business Mastery, who I felt were very genuine and honest about the way it was being done and it actually featured a lot of people who were doing it in a great way. One show in particular had a guy named Cornelius Fitchner on the show who was sharing how he was making six figures a year teaching people how to pass the project management exam or the PM exam. And that's when a light bulb went off for me because I had taken a number of different exams in my journey to where I was at that point in the architecture industry. One exam was called the lead exam, and that was really hard, but I had done a lot to help myself pass that exam, including creating a website, which was only there to help me keep track of my notes and share those notes with my coworkers. I had no intention of ever turning it into a business. Well, after hearing this episode and after getting connected with a lot of people who were um, doing successful business online and in the way I thought it should be done, um, I, I turned my site into a business and I started to publish um, study guides for it and and uh, partner with companies who were selling practice exams and making money that way. And actually, the first month I launched my ebook, my ebook study guide. Again, it was an ebook because I wanted it to be sort of automated and it was very uh, very much influenced by Tim Ferriss and the four hour work week, being able to, um, you know, utilize your time the best way possible. And so I created these systems where people could buy the book or buy the practice exams and then get it automatically delivered to them via email. Well, in that first month I had made $7,908 and 55 cents, which was more money in that month than I would have made in three or four months of architecture. So it just blew me away and it opened my mind to this world of internet business where it can be done in a legit way, in a transparent, authentic manner where everybody's a winner. I was making money, but my audience and my people who were studying from, from my practice te- uh, guides and from my um, practice exams, they, they were passing the test much sooner than they would have otherwise. And I was getting not only an income from that, but these incredible thank you notes from people who are just like, oh, Pat, you changed my life. And that's the biggest reward and, and, and sense of fulfillment fulfillment for me. And so once all that started happening, I created the site at smartpassiveincome.com, which shares everything that I've done, the wins, failures, the, the ups and the downs along the way to help people who also want to be introduced to this world of online business in a way that I feel should be um, done, which is in a legit way where everything is put out there, not just the good things, but the bad things too. And I think um, people are resonating with that. And I'm very fortunate to have an amazing uh, fan base now. And I'm doing a lot of speaking. I've published books and um, all this other stuff. So I'm just so blessed. And I'm sorry I took like 45 minutes to talk about that. But I just I get really excited when I tell that story because it just reminds me of how far I've come and uh, why I do what I do. That's okay, Pat. I mean, I love I love the passion that you have for what you do and it shows through in, in everything that you do as well. And look, the reason that I, I wanted to have you on the show today was to talk about speaking because I've, I have seen you speak and you do an amazing job of engaging the audience and really getting your message across. But I, I also know that you speaking is not something that you are always really amazing at and I'd, I'd love for you to share your journey um, in terms of how you've developed as a speaker with our listeners today. But firstly, I want, what I want to do is I want to take you back to when you were a student studying architecture because a lot of the people listening are architecture students and, and design students. So I'd just like to know what were you like 
at presenting your design projects back in architecture school? <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay, so I remember specific stu- studio classes I had and, you know, we'd be working on projects for weeks and then a jury would come in, uh, you know, a group of architects from around the area would come in and, and we'd have to present and, oh, gosh, <laughs> it just is embarrassing to think about maybe what I don't remember exactly everything I said or what I did, but it was just a very timid like I was always looking for approval and I was just like very timid. You could even hear it in my voice like, oh, I put this here because it would help with the wayfinding through the build. <laughs> like it would just be like not very confident in, in the way it was presented. I wouldn't necessarily I, I didn't even think at all about what I would say. I just kind of just um, had what I did speak for me. And that worked a little bit. You know, I had my models and my drawings and I would just talk about those. But it was never really engaging when I think back. It was never really well presented. And, and oh, that's really funny because I, I didn't even realize that I was doing pre- presenting back then. Um, and now that I think about it, it was just horrible. <laughs> and I'm, I, I've definitely come a long way uh, since then. But yeah, I, I mostly relied on um, what I like to think of fine craftsmanship with my models to do the speaking for me. I was just definitely a shy person and not really confident in my ability to communicate. Knowing what you know now, what would what advice would you give to your student, to Pat the student, when presenting his designs now? I would tell myself to go to conferences and go to events that are around campus and just listen to people speak. Watch YouTube. There, were, there was YouTube back then, barely, but there, there were some things I'm sure that I could have watched that would have helped me and prepared me and just helped me focus on, okay, what are the types of things that I, as a viewer of those presentations or speeches, what engages me? What At what moments am I like on the edge of my seat and what moments am I just yawning or tune out and just try to kind of come up with my own style based off of that, which is exactly what I did once I started to get serious about speaking. I've watched hundreds of TED Talks and watched presentations all the time specifically for how they present, um, not necessarily the content that they are presenting. Would you be willing to share with us your experience of your very first speaking gig? Absolutely. You know, I've al- I always knew that when I got into online business, I I should be speaking, but I was definitely afraid of getting up on stage, especially with something I was just, you know, I hadn't done for years or didn't study in school. It was just stuff I did online. And so when I got asked in 2011 to speak at the Financial Blogger Conference by a guy named Philip Taylor, who runs that conference over at ptmoney.com, um, I freaked out. But I never reached out to anybody to go and speak. He reached out to me first, and that was a sign for me that, okay, maybe I should just say yes and force myself to figure this out and become better at this. And so I did. I said yes. And it was interesting because I had a spot in the middle of the conference, and I thought that was perfect because then I can go and kind of meet everybody and watch the other presentations and then you know not have to wait the whole time to present. Um, so I was like really happy with the spot I got in the middle of the conference, like second day out of three. And then all of a sudden, maybe two or three weeks before, PT calls me and he goes, hey, Pat, um, our closer ended, and I really like what you have, what, what your presentation's about. Maybe we should finish with you. Do you want to go last? And I was like, uh... Okay, because now I'm like, oh, I could ruin the whole conference for everybody. Like they could have a great conference and I can just screw everything up. And I remember thinking specifically in my head a number of just really negative thoughts about myself and what what would happen. I, I was picturing all the worst things possible that could ever happen on stage, like stuff that was totally unrealistic, like 
going up on stage and forgetting what I was going to say, and then people throwing tomatoes at me. I don't know where they got tomatoes from, but they got them somehow. They started throwing <laughs> them at me, and I'd fall, I'd break my nose, and I'd bleed, and I'd run out crying, and just I'd wake up naked in a ditch somewhere. Like, that's what I imagined. Literally, that's exactly what was going through my head. Um, and then I started to read about public speaking. I got some great advice from some friends who were good public speakers who said, hey, you should read this book and you should read that book. And I started reading and I started to become more confident just from trying to understand the, the, the craft of it. And I think that really helped. And I, there was one book in particular by Dale Carnegie called Stand and Deliver. And in that book, it just goes over a number of different tips. But the big thing for me from that book was, you know, you're not born a natural speaker. Nobody is born a natural speaker. They become a natural speaker, and at any moment in time, no matter what level you're at, sorry, that was Gizmo shaking behind me. I don't know if you heard that. Um, at any moment in time, no matter what level you're at, you can become a better speaker. You could be a master speaker. You just have to learn sort of the, the formulas, and that's when it was like, oh, yes, formulas. I love formulas and blueprints and anything that has a plan, you know, where I can just do this and become that, and it's not – Exactly like that, but there are certain things that you can do during a presentation that will help engage your audience, will help you with memorizing it and um, just make it a better experience with everybody. Um, and then I think the best tip that somebody gave me was like, you know, Pat, like people go to these things and watch people speak because they want the speaker to do well. Nobody goes there and is like, I want them to suck or I want them to fail. Nobody says that. Um, so when, when I heard that, I was like, okay, they want me to do well. Well, I'm going to figure out what it's going to take to do well. And um, to sort of help me along that first one, I remember being so scared, especially because I knew it was going to be the final one um, before everybody went home. I, I scripted the whole thing. And it, luckily, it was only a 20, 25-minute presentation, but I had like 40 pages of stuff that I memorized. And uh, it was ridiculous how much time I spent memorizing it. And I, and I actually hooked up with a coach a year later to help me get even more serious about the craft and – I told him that I used to script my presentations and he just couldn't believe it because that was, he said, a complete waste of time. And not only that, I'm not allowing myself to, to, to speak in a natural way and I'm not allowing the amazing things that happen when, like, when you're having a conversation with somebody, those stories that come out, they, they just don't come out if you just script and you're losing out on a lot of opportunities to take the presentation to the next level when you script everything word for word. Um, so, so that was my first experience. It went really, really well, actually. I mean, I did a lot of things looking back, I actually recorded it and it's on YouTube right now. Um, and I do cringe at some parts and, uh, but for the most part for my first presentation it went really well. And I think the coolest part was after it was done, I like snapped back to reality and I had this sort of moment of, uh, I like, it was like an out of body experience. Like I practiced so much and I memorized the script so much that when I was actually presenting, I wasn't even there. It just was automatic. And then once it was done and people were clapping, I just snapped back into place and I was like, whoa, what, what happened? And then people started to line up to talk to me, which was really cool. I was like, wow, like people are lining up to talk to me based on what I had just done and talked about. And people were shaking my hand. They were giving me their business cards. They were saying, well done. And I just, I was absolutely hooked from that point forward. That's awesome. It just goes to show that you really can learn how to improve just by doing, doing the research, reading the books, watching the TED Talks, and then uh, most importantly, putting it into practice, right? Mm -hmm. So with, with this whole idea of, of, of the fear, what's, what's one thing that, that students can do right now that's going to help them deal with this fear or just being really self-conscious and thinking that people are going to throw tomatoes at them? Uh, well, you could practice. I think that's, that's the biggest thing is practice. The, you you want to practice like mad, especially if you're just starting out. So practice, 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 practice in front of people you trust 
who will give you feedback as well. That's a big thing for me. If you have like a mastermind group or people that you hang out with all the time who are doing the same things as you, like trade. Do have them present to you and you can present to them and you can help each other out. Just even getting one or two run throughs in front of somebody um, will really help take it to the next level and help you understand, okay, what parts are missing or what parts are great so you can do more of that. Um, another thing that would help is to actually, um, you know, one thing that helps me is to break down these presentations into different parts. And I think this helps not only you in terms of memorizing a presentation and sort of seeing the flow from beginning to middle to end, um, but it it also helps the audience because the audience is great. It, it loves it when there are moments of transition. So if you could transition from like, for instance, part one to part two, it's really nice because it gives people time to breathe. And, so, you know, it's, it's just like blog posts or even imagining like imagine yourself reading an essay. Like if, if, if it was just an essay and it was just one long paragraph with no breaks, it would just be hard to read. It would be tiresome and probably boring even if the content was great, you know, you got to give people some space and room and some time to breathe in a transition period. Uh, so, so those are just some things. And I think really you just got to, you just got to do it and ask yourself, well, really what's the worst that can happen? And typically when you think of the, in reality, what the worst thing that can happen is it's not all that bad. Um, but again, just watching as many as you can and then practicing as much as you can will, will absolutely help. Awesome. Now, just just one last quick question before we start to wrap this up. Now, I, I think students these days, they really are thinking more and more about their potential future in the professional environment and, and their different options, but they may not be aware of what skills, apart from design skills, are really going to set them apart. So having had experience in the architecture profession, and especially now as a very successful business owner and, and marketer, what would you say are some skills um, so it doesn't have to be about speaking, but just skills that people can start working on now while they're studying that will really help them towards achieving success as professionals. Communication. Communication is the key to everything from relationships to your business to your professional life. Um, just l learning how to communicate and also learning how to read people as you talk to them or trying to understand what it is that they want. Um, when you're talking to them, that, that can go, that can, that can, that's huge. Um, there's a book again by Dale Carnegie called how to win and influence people. It's, it's a very old book, but it's, it's classic because it's just stuff that is timeless. So I'd recommend reading that book to see and, uh, what, what it is that helps you, um, just build that relationship with people, something that you could do not only in presentations, but in just talking to people. And of course, um, that goes along with my second thing, you know, in terms of in relation to communication is just getting to know as many people as you can and befriending as many people as you can and, you know, having as many people as you can in your Rolodex. I think the more people that you can connect with, um, you know, and it might take some of you to break out of your shell, which is, you know, like we were talking about, what would I say to my younger self? That would be another thing. It would just be like, hey, Pat, stop being so shy okay, I get it, but you're losing out on opportunities to meet people that could change your lives or people that whose lives it, you could change. And um, it's very important that you have to understand, like even when it comes to the job market, like when you think about it, people aren't getting jobs traditionally by writing resumes anymore. They're getting jobs from the people that they know and the connections that they make. And we live in a more connected world now than ever. So I think the more people you can connect with and build a relationship with, and again, that goes back to how to win and influence people and communication, just the better 
your entire life will be, even outside of your professional life and in your, uh, you know, with your relationship. And like I said, I'm, I feel like I can better communicate with my kids now because I understand how they like to be talked to, um, which, you know, there's a, there's a whole science behind this as well, which uh, gets into a little bit in, in that book, but, um, communicating and getting to know and befriend as many people as you can for sure. Oh, I love that you said communication, considering that that's what this podcast is all about. If you'd said juggling flaming batons, I would have been a bit like, oh, okay, I wish you would have said communication. <laughs> so thank you for saying that. <laughs> anyway, welcome. Pat Flynn, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show today. But before we wrap things up, can I ask you a massive favor? Uh, sure, anything for you, Christine. <laughs> would you be willing to beatbox with me? Yes. <laughs> Oh yeah! <laughs> All right, so I've written a little flow. It's just a li- it's just a quick little rap. Um, okay. But just go go for it, and we'll see if we can. We haven't practiced this, everyone listening. We have not practiced this. This is completely one hundred percent improv. So. All right. Is it a f- is it a fast sort of? I'm thinking maybe maybe medium, medium. to slow. Yeah, not too fast because I don't okay. want to stumble my words. Okay. <laughs> Whenever you're ready. I, I'm not sure how. I, I've never. Actually, I have beatboxed on this mic before, but I'm just trying to make sure that the audio levels are great and I don't like spit into the mic or hurt anybody's ears. So, okay. Okay. Right. So I'll do a couple bars and then you, you'll go, okay? Right. Okay, right? Yeah. Thank you for listening to me and Pat Flynn. I hope it's been informative and entertaining. Please check out the show notes at Design Draw Speak. Keep on being awesome and I'll see you next week. <laughs> nice. Awesome. That, that was, was brilliant. Not rehearsed. That, we should put that on a track in iTunes and sell it. I think we should. <laughs> Let's do it. Pass the thing come. Thank you so much, Pat. Thank you. Thanks again to Pat Flynn for joining me on the podcast this week. I hope you enjoyed that little show that we put on and I'm sure that you got something out of all the advice and and stories that he had to share as well. Now, your challenge of the week. Now, just as I asked Pat to be a guest on my podcast via a video, this week I challenge you to get creative with your communication. Now, it doesn't have to be complicated. I just challenge you to communicate one message to someone through a different form of media. So instead of sending an email or a text, try something different. Now, this could be as simple as a handwritten note or maybe a series of post-it notes stuck around the house. I love post-it notes. (laughs) If you see my videos, you'll know I love post-it notes. Uh, or, you, or maybe you could even do something really funny and write a message on the kitchen counter using food or something like that. Be quite fun. Or if you're good at drawing, you could sketch a little drawing and mail it. Or you could make a video or, or record record something and then and then send that off. It's just something a little bit different. So I challenge you to just try one little thing to get your creative juices flowing and see what your receiver's response is. You'll never know how far a little surprise can go. So I encourage you all to try that this week. And I'd love to hear how you go. Just leave a comment in the show notes at designdrawspeak.com slash 025. 
And of course, you can find all the links that Pat and I talked about in the show notes there as well. And I'll also put a link to um, the video that I made for Pat in the show notes. So be sure to check that out. And that's about it for episode 25. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider showing your appreciation for the show by just leaving a quick iTunes review and rating. It just helps the show get discovered by more amazing people like yourself. And all you have to do is just follow the links at designdrawspeak.com. Thank you so much for listening and I hope you have an absolutely brilliant week. Until next time, this has been Presentation Skills for Design Students, helping you become a confident, creative communicator. Oh,